Welcome, welcome everyone to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. And in today's episode, we are talking downhill versus uphill running. Uh, it's training practices and some of the benefits of both. I couldn't ask for anybody else to come in uh, and to join this conversation with me than my good friend and one of the most respected running coaches in San Diego. My next guest, Mr. Jim O'Hara. Well, help me turn the turn in. Morning, Jeff. It's great to be here. I'm excited so, to talk hill rep. Yeah, man. So it's it's funny, like uh, as as I kind of mentioned right before we got started, you were you were actually on our first let's call it unofficial podcast, <laughs> and it was a very short uh, stint. Like we had, I think we had like four or five people on at the same time, and we were doing it, you know, meet up, the happy hour type of thing, and and it that's what kind of led into the podcast itself. So you were. On the first unofficial one that never got aired because it was yeah. it was kind of all over the place. So I didn't have any I couldn't I couldn't have any control over how we directed conversation. But we touched on everything. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> so thank you officially for coming back on and joining me in a one on one conversation. <laughs> so as I as I say, we're, we're talking uphill versus downhill running in, in the trail running community, it's one of the biggest topics as far as, oh, I'd rather run uphill or I'd rather run downhill. or So it's a great conversation to have and it's a, to get the benefits out there and some training practices to help out runners, help them out in that category that maybe they're having an issue with. Like I personally, I love running downhill and I think it's just because I'm I'm a big guy. I'm 6'4", I'm 235. And I just let myself as a bowling ball, just go down the hills. Like I really don't care. Gravity's <laughs> our friend. Gravity is is my friend for sure, and I hate running uphill. And it's because it's yeah, it's harder. <laughs> I go slower, and it's just I just don't want to do it. I'd rather somebody take me up on an escalator up to the top of the mountain and then let me run down the hill. I, I'm totally fine with that. Um, <laughs> well, I, as, as you know, it's uh, you can't what goes up comes down, and you can't avoid you can't get the downhill without the uphill at some point. Yeah. You know, I, and it's kind of one of those things. I always, I, I kind of laugh at myself too, when I'm, when I am running downhill, cause I don't know if you remember, and I don't know if our, our listener uh, remembers on the, uh, in the friends episode on the sitcom, there was that one episode where uh, Phoebe is running through central park and she's flailing her arms all over the place. And I, I, I honestly, I think about that every single time I'm running down the mountain cause my arms are just, you know, going, going all over the place, like a windmill and everything else. So it's, it's kind of a funny, funny thing to see me going downhill, but that's, I just let momentum take me and that's what happens. So. <laughs> oh yeah. No, Phoebe, Phoebe's running form is perfect downhill running form. You're counterbalancing however you can and letting gravity do its work. <laughs> Absolutely. I love so, that episode. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It, it's always sticks in my mind every single time I'm running downhill, but anyway, well, let's get into it. I, since we're talking about downhill uh, right now, let's go ahead and start with the downhill aspect of it. And I want to get kind of your thoughts on some of the training practices with it and to make people better and doing it, what, what they have to look out for uh, as they're, as they're running downhill and, and maybe what, what some of your other tips would be um, as well. So. Absolutely. 
I, I think I think downhill running first and foremost is is one of the most often ignored and and not thought about training pieces for runners that that's underrated. It's really such a big important part, especially for trail runners. Uh, one of the things I work with my runners before we even get to actually running downhill is, is knowing why they're doing it. You know, one of the challenges you'll find, especially when you go off-road, you get into trail running, off-road running, especially ultra distances, you find lots more mountains and hills than you do in the road, in the road section races. What happens is you go down a big hill, you get to the next hill, and you're toast. You try to run up it and you destroyed yeah. your quads. And I think people undervalue the, the value of practicing running downhill so that your quads are strong enough to manage going up the hill. And so they tend to not necessarily push the downhills, they'll, they'll back off, they'll walk some of the downhills. And really the idea should be to, to work on getting stronger by going down the hill, teaching your body to absorb the pounding and be technically sound. Um, one of the things I have my runners do, even if it's not in a formal workout, is I'll have them include a hill in their run that is pretty technical on the downhill side of it. I have a runner, for example, Jackie G, who went from running marathons on the road to her first 50K with a group called Oceanside This Work Group this week this year. And um, she also ran the Grand Canyon rim to rim, which is really cool. Maybe a subject for another podcast. It was rad. But um, to get her ready, we found the hilliest and rockiest hill that we could find near her house. And it was about a mile long. And we had her go out and just in the middle of one of her runs each week. It wasn't at a certain pace. We had her practice run down that rocky section because it's a skill. You, you, oh, you're, like you're talking about, Jeff, your arms are out there. You're flailing. You've got to learn to balance and change that balance from step to step. It's not like running down a hill in a race that's on the road where the road is smooth. You can get your stride out. You can open it up and just run down. It's a skill. And you've got to learn the timing of it, the visualization, how to pick your line, how to, how to, when to be up in the air and when to be on the ground, how, how quickly you have to touch your toes to the ground and how to turn it over in a way that you're going fast, but you're in control and you can stop and change direction. And that is, that only comes with practice. You know, one of the uh, things that I see a lot of the times, and I, I like I said before, I, I just kind of let it go and I, I open up my stride and everything else. One of the things that I see a lot of times is people will shorten their stride and just kind of gradually go down that hill. What's what's the thought process on on doing that versus just opening up your stride? I think it depends on the hill. You don't want to you don't want to get stuck leaning back on the hills. You want to let gravity help you. Like we said before, gravity is your friend. Mm -hmm. And if you've got to touch your feet down a lot, there's only a few places to touch the ground. Then that short stride is good. If you're up on your toes, you still got to be lighting your feet and touch touch down. Same. Likewise, if you're on that same course and it was very rocky, you couldn't stretch your stride out because a couple things happen when you stretch your stride out. Much is your 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 feet get a little lower to the ground. It's harder to lift them over the rocks. So it's harder to more likely to trip. So you've got to be able to do that fast, quick, pithy turnover, pick lines and, and kind of guide your way through the hill. But you also have to, as a trail runner, be able to open up and get that long stride for those sections that look like just a just a utility road, we'll call it, mm -hmm. where it's just smoothed out. They've kind of, so you know, somebody's been over in the pickup truck, you can draw a nice straight line. There's no rocks. You've got to be able to do a little bit of both. When it comes to the, like, let's say we're in a race and we're, we're more on a, on a, a double wide trail right so it's not so much a single track and you're getting ready to pass somebody what would be what would be your advice to somebody who's wanting to pass somebody on the downhill uh i think you you know hopefully wait till you have a section where you can see far enough ahead so you can see what their line is going to be first and once you have feel like you have a good idea in their line start to pick your own line and where you can accelerate because to pass somebody ultimately you want to pass them in two ways you want to pass them safely first and foremost but you want to pass them and if you're in a race you don't want to see them again so when you pass them you have to be able to accelerate 
Yeah. You don't want to pass them, get five feet in front of them. Cause then you're just going to, you're, you're going to be in a situation where if you slow down, suddenly they're going to trip and it becomes unsafe. You're, you may just annoy them or you may have to listen to them running behind you the whole time. And that all these things that will throw off your concentration on what you're doing. So you want to pass them and be gone. So you want to pick, have them, have them in a place where you can see what line they're going to run. And you want them in a place where you can see your line around them. And then you want to go and keep going once you pass them. See that a lot of times people will pass somebody only get passed later because they didn't pass them enough. And you've got to pass them, keep going for 400 yards, get them in the rear view mirror and keep going. And, and, you know, on the trails, they never stay double wide for long. At some point, you're going to hit that single track. And if you want to be in front of that person and stay in front of that person, you've got to make that pass in a way that allows you to do that. And we're talking about passing somebody on the rocky section, right? I mean, versus uh, a little bit more groomed stuff. It's all about the look at where your sight line is. And I think that I, actually I should step back is sight lines are always a huge key in downhill running, right? You want to be able to not, not only look two feet in front of you, you want to be able to look 30, 40, 50 feet in front of you if you can. So you kind of know where you're going to go if you have to, you know, swerve and, and miss a rock or, or, Shit, sometimes, you know, you get a washout section. Uh, you want to always keep your your sight line far enough in advance. For sure. It, it, the, the farther out it is, the better. And I, I really always have two sight lines. Uh, one is on, on that horizon you're talking about, okay, what's coming up on the trail? And then the other one is, okay, what's right in front of me so that I can, I can plan ahead. Okay, what am I doing now that I'm going to have to change? In other words, if I'm if I'm running a really steep section of the course and I'm taking short, quick, fast steps, letting gravity do its job, but staying up on my toes so I can bounce over the rocks, and I'm gonna hit a I'm gonna hit a section where I need to make a wide turn. It opens up and I can just really stretch it out. I want to be able to plan ahead in my mind to do that. It's it's not just for for me. It's not not just natural that it happens. The more I run the trails, the more it becomes natural. But it's still always a process of looking at both of those two points: the one that's just in front of me, that 10 or 15 feet of my next few steps, and the one that's on like we call it the horizon and up ahead the point that i can see where i want to get to and the point that's kind of down trail um i want to shift gears over to um uphill running and i'll, I'll come back to the downhill because i definitely want to talk uh downhill versus uphill uh training techniques like what what runners need to know uh, from a from a muscle endurance perspective and strength perspective as well but let's talk uphill running right now really quick about what are some of the best training practices when you're, when you're looking at going uphill? Cause again, and let's, let's keep it on the, on the trail side, because we all, you know, road obviously is all smooth and it's a little bit easier to navigate, but you're st- like on, on trail, just like we said, they're going to have those, those washed out areas, the Rocky, you know, the Rocky stuff, the groomed uh, service road stuff. So what would, what would be some of your best training practices and your, your advice and when it comes to going uphill? I think most trail run do the most important thing to, to be honest, not, not necessarily because they choose to, but because that's what's there. I think you have to make sure that you include these longer uphills in your long runs. And, and I think by the nature of where most trails are, people tend to do that. But when you do it, kind of process it, make sure you realize what's going on. Don't just run up the hill, pay attention to, okay, what did I do to get up this hill? Was it steeper than another hill that, or was it similar to a hill that's on my race course uh, or the, an event that I'm doing kind of think of, think of the, how this applies to what you want to do in the long game. Um, Cause I think that that ultimately is important because you're going to be running on these, these longer races where you're fatigued. And so having that experience of being on a hill in a long run when you're fatigued is super valuable. When you're talking about your longer, your longer climb. So what's the difference between 
looking at, uh, let's say you've got a, a shorter distance, but a steeper climb versus a longer distance and a shorter elevation climb. Like what should you be, you know, practicing on, on both and what does the diff, what's the, your training difference between the two? So the answer is yes, uh, to both the, you know, hill, hill reps, hill repeats are, are a standard, whether you run road or trails, if you want to get faster, they always say that hills are the back door to speed. And it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, I, I always cite back to, there was a 2017 study in the International Journal of Scientific and, and Research that covered a bunch of Ethiopian runners. Um, I think there were 32 athletes, I'm going off the top of my head, but um, they were all eight, 800 to 10,000 meter runners. So these are world-class, the fastest athletes in the world. They broke them into a couple of groups. They had one group do hill repeats and one group just run their normal training regimen. They found that the, the guys who did the hill repeats showed significant gains in just 12 weeks of their VO2 max, their resting heart rate, their, their speed, obviously that's our, our, our pace. And, um, and, and with, so their race times in, improving. And those are all huge, huge issues for anybody that wants to improve their performance in, you know, improving your performance. You don't have to be a world-class racer to improve your performance. It's a personal thing. That's the beauty. That's why we all do this. Right. But we're, what we're seeing is even in these guys who are world-class, the top of the world, these Ethiopian guys who are, are winning marathons out there, hill reps, hill repeats benefit them in all those huge ways that will help all any of us. So hill repeats and, and hill repeats are pretty simple. You find a hill that there's a number of ways to do it, but you generally, it's pretty short. You keep the hill, hill repeats could be, if you want to go high intensity, you're talking a minute up and then you might just do a recovery down. It's the most basic form of hill repeats, but anywhere from that to three minutes, if you want to work more on the strength end of it, you would do a longer hill. If you want to work on the speed end of it and the max heart rate, you, you bring the hill short, shorter and you up the intensity. And there's reasons to do both and you would do both depending on what, where you were at in your training for different reasons. But the hill repeats are where the work gets done. That's where you get the fittest. That's where the increase in VO2 max happens. And, and hopefully that's where you get stronger so that, you know, you, you might max out going up at a hill in your training. In the race, you're not going to do that, right? You're going to get to the hill and you're going to pace yourself the top. But now because that was easier than the effort you did in your workout going up the hill, you've got tons of energy to fly down the hill and make it all pay off. When it comes to different styles of training on your hills, I mean, do you, do you see anybody do, or do you um, coach your athletes as like any kind of aerobic versus anaerobic going, you know, going uphill or going downhill? And, or do you do any kind of fartlek training on uphill training as well? I mean, do you, do you see any of those separate practices? Uh, we, we do a lot of longer uphill. Most of my athletes are doing 13 miles and over for their, their main distances. Um, and so we'll do a lot of the longer hill repeats. Um, but this, just this year, actually, probably about three weeks ago, we just finished up a segment where we did some really fast workouts, similar to bottle workout. If your audience is familiar with that, where you go, you'll go for four to five minutes, 20 seconds, all out. 10 seconds easy, 20 seconds out, and you just repeat that for the four or five minutes. By the time you finish one round, even though it's four to five minutes, your heart is like through the roof and you're toast. And we did something as short as that. We did another one. We did, uh, we found a hill that was one mile and we did round, a round of a minute up. You'd run for one minute up the hill, turn around and jog down for 30 seconds, run a minute up. 30 until you got to the top. Keep repeating oh, yeah. the pattern. The next round we did 45 and 30. The next round we did 30, and I think it was 10. So we've done things like that too. But those short, those short increases really help with power, uh, VO2 max, and for sure they they they're high intensity efforts that will help with your top end speed. Now, as you lengthen the hill out and you get into the, the longer runs, 
you start to get into these hill repeats that are probably three, three to four minutes. Um, and those three to four minute hill repeats work on strength. And at that point, it becomes important to focus on somewhere between that like six to 8% grade. It becomes more important than, than how intense you go. Because gravity is the same, whether you're going a 10 minute mile, a 12 minute mile, or an eight yeah. minute mile. And uh, so if you can control that grade, have it 68%, work it out for a mile, you're going to a lot of time fighting against gravity, which uh, as we said is constant at that point. And that's where the strength gain comes from, which benefits a lot of the long distance runners. So you've got those two aspects. They obviously both benefit your VO2 max and your pace, but in a little bit different different pronged way or different approach way from each side. Does that work? Um, does that type of training, a Tabata training, uh, work on going downhill too? Do you Would you suggest any of that stuff? Because you, it's kind of the same thing. Like you're going downhill for, let's say, you know, 20 seconds and then you got to climb back up for, can you, can you just reverse it and do the opposite? Is it the same, same thing type of thing? Uh, yes and no. It, okay. It's the, the, the Tabata workout. One of the key components of the Tabata workout is the max heart rate that you hit and, okay. or, and, and that max heart rate on the downhill is going to be harder to hit. It's one of the reasons that you can run fat, not just gravity, but the fact that you're not going to hit as high of a heart rate. That's one of the reasons why you can hold a faster pace down a hill for a mile, not just gravity, but because your heart rate doesn't hit the same pace that it would running a, a mile on the flat all out. You can, it won't be as functional as the uphill because you don't have the extra, the extra reserve. But then again, Tabata workouts are fantastic on the flats. And if you want to work on leg speed, you could definitely do a Tabata workout and you'd be focusing on leg speed on the downhill, which is super valuable as well. We're all looking to get that maximum efficiency and cadence that we want as far as our run stride goes. And that'll help with that. You know, the one thing I would say, the the side note is we talked about earlier having the the technicality course and, and running downhill to practice the skill, you know, you I would not recommend most runners mix those two up. You know, I think a guy, a, a guy who is a professional runner, you got back when Anton Kupiker was doing it and he was really highly technical runner. Um, he could do a Tabata down any trail he wanted to. I think most of us probably skill set wise, if we want to really get the effect of the workout, need to make sure we pick our Tabatas on nice groomed trails or even on the road. Uh, when it comes to foot positioning, right. Uh, when you're running uphill versus downhill, do you notice a different foot position? Do you want to lead more with the with the balls of your feet going downhill just as much as you do on the uphills? Because um, you don't really want to lean back into the, your heels too much, right? Sure. No. I th- so I think running downhill is stay off your heels, stay mid mid foot and on your toes, and stay low on your feet. What you need to do is is change your foot position. And I don't know if you hear that snap in a, in a quick moment when you're on the trail, especially running downhill, you want to be able to change your line, change your foot speed in a moment's notice because a rock moves and because the person in front of it moved it or something like that. So you've got to be forward and in midfoot and forward on your foot. And if nothing else, that that's also going to tell you that your, your center of gravity is forward. If your center of gravity is, if you're hitting on your heel, your center of gravity is behind your heel. A, you're hitting the brakes, you're beating the snot out of your quads. And, and see, you're probably slowing down on every step as opposed to speeding up. And I think that's where the skill set comes in, right? Practicing doing that because it's, it is, it, it can be scary running downhill. You know that you oh, run yeah. down a hill and, and you're just, like you said, you're Phoebe Buffet, your arms are flailing out there. <laughs> you don't know if you're in control and it's, you want to make that into being Phoebe Buffet in control. Um, yeah. and, and that, you know, that's definitely, that's, it's, it's, and it's a very, uh, 
it's a very delicate balance between the two. Um, as far as uphill goes, you, the bigger mistake, I think, as a part, I think foot position generally takes care of itself. You're going to be forward on your foot, even up to on your toes a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. The biggest thing that most people struggle with running uphill is they tend to lean over too much at the waist. And that really... It, it, there's a lot of problems with it. One, it, it inhibits your legs to work better. It, it makes you heavier on your feet. So you're actually working harder to go up the hill and it slows down your ability to, or lessens your ability to take full breaths. It contracts your diaphragm and squeezes it together. So it's, it's, you're just slower when you lean forward, but because a lot of us are not as strong in the core as we maybe want to be, um, maybe lacking flexibility, or we just haven't practiced enough. Um, we're not able to, to keep our body upright and tall when we're running uphill, we tend to lean over at the waist. Um, and so that would be bigger than, you know, downhill for sure. Stay forward on the foot, stay light on your feet, be able to hop at a moment's notice, but, uh, but uphill, the big thing is more at the waist, keeping it from leaning forward and staying up nice and tall. Yeah. You start getting a little bit more, I assume your back starts getting a little bit more engaged too, right? Like if you're, like you said, not, not everybody has a, has a, this, a strong core like they would like, right? Yep. So the more you lean into it, the more you start getting your back muscles are starting to hold you up a little bit more. It's going to start giving you a little bit of a lower back issue too, yeah. from, from what I, uh, you know, in my past experiences personally. Oh, yeah. You start pulling on those, those erector spine are the ones that are doing the work. And when they start to get fatigued, guess who picks that, picks up the slack, your hamstrings yeah. and your glutes. And guess what happens to them? Then they start to tighten up and then, then your back starts to hurt or you hit a hill and you have to walk, you know, and it, there's no, nothing wrong with walking ever. As long as you're moving forward, we I'm sure you've discussed that with everybody. It's always move forward. That's the big thing. But we want to move forward. We're out there in an event. We want to keep moving forward as quickly as we've trained to. And so the idea is to strengthen that. You know, really simple. A lot of runners would benefit just from doing some supermans, which are those exercises where you lie on your stomach or get on all fours. You basically practice lifting one arm up, one leg out, or both arms up off the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a um, terrific way to strengthen those erector spinae and, and to kind of do that. And it doesn't take very long to do, you know, after you run maybe three reps of 10, what do you think? Maybe two minutes. Uh, you can cover that. Um, but that's the big thing with that is keeping, keeping those hamstrings because you don't want anything working harder. And of course, once those muscles are engaged, you now have made your body heavier because there's more weight pressing down versus your skeleton, which is designed to hold itself up and take the pressure off the muscles to hold it up. Uh, besides the Superman's uh, Superman exercise, what would be one or two other exercises that you would that you look at your your athletes to say okay you need to i would suggest you do these two or three exercises for maybe uphill training versus downhill training what what would be those uh those suggestions sure my favorite's always always going to be single leg deadlifts where they've got one leg extended behind them. Yeah. Someone will go to a kettlebell when they get strong enough. That's fantastic actually because it literally practices bringing your hips full, bringing your hips rotated straight up and down and bringing your spine in a nice straight line up to a, a straight position against the resistance of that leg on the opposite side. So it's just a, it's just a great counterbalance versus in anything that, that, always isolates left versus right has so many additional benefits. I mean, now you've gone to something that actually helps you run, run downhill. Like we we're talking about as well as uphill. Uh, what would be your, your top tips for, for those, you know, in downhill as a, as a summary, I guess, to, to our conversation, uh, what would be your top three tips in each downhill versus uphill? Sure. Uh, tip number one is practice running downhill. You know, no, go ahead, go out week to week and find downhills that are technical and practice running the technical side of it. 
you know, walk when you need to and work on figuring out lines so that you can turn that walking into jogging as you go and eventually into running. That That's the, the biggest tip for sure. Practice your downhills. Uh, I think if you want to get stronger, it's find a good runnable downhill. In other words, go away from that hill that you need to use to be the technical skill and find that that service road that's a dirt service road has some length to it and practice running down that quickly. And that'll strengthen your quads. And that'll help you the next time you hit an uphill. You mean you don't want to start with uh, the washed out technical downhill where it's skinning your knees and everything else. I mean, that's how you really jump into trail running is you fall down and you skin your knees and <laughs> get back up. <laughs> you hey, mean you don't want to start with that? Come on. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't have a bloody pair of shirts or short or shoes on your blood at some point, you're not really a trail runner, are you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Funny story on that one. I, I did a, a race in Malibu, scarily enough, about 10 years ago now. And uh, I remember I was I was running and the guy in front of me, I was in second place and the guy in front of me was uh, a collegiate runner. And we were running up this hill at Point Magoo and he's just hauling up this single track. And I'm doing everything I can to hang on. And I hear him just breathing harder and harder and harder the whole time. And I'm running behind him and we get to the top of the hill. And I know I can run downhill because I've been practicing just all the stuff we've been talking about. I know I can run downhill. I'm going to pass this guy. I'm going to go for it. And I run past the guy. I break over my 400 meter thing and we're running, running, running. And I can hear him stumbling around every corner because it's, it's, it's kind of making these, these S turns down the side of the hill. Yeah. And and I can hear him taking way more steps and the ground sliding underneath him. And we're running, running. And all of a sudden we hit this really fast portion. It opens up for about 300 yards. We're going all out. And I can hear him make the corner. He's going as fast as he can. It comes to a hairpin. I run the hairpin around. I hear him stumble, 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 and then nothing. And, oh, and no. I turn around and I run back. He's gone over the side of the hill. Oh, my <laughs> He's God. Like, I don't know how to run hills. <laughs> <laughs> like, no kidding. Um, so just to the point, it takes practice, man. You, you got to get out there and, and practice running downhill fast if you want to do it. Um, but it's a little of both. It's, it's practice running downhill so your body can handle it. And that's that fast, long downhill that's on the groom trail. And then there's the running downhill technical side of it. So that while you're running fast, you can pick those lines and get your feet down in a really quick, efficient and safe way. Love that story. That's a great story. And that's, it's, it's true though. I mean, you, you have to learn how to run downhill to stop you from, you know, falling over the cliff, so to speak. But uh, Jim, thank you very much for joining me today. And, and uh, hopefully that helps out in uh, their practices going uphill versus downhill. And, and we'll have you back for another conversation. There's plenty of the coaching techniques and tips that you can, you'll have for us later on, but uh, thank you very much for joining us today though, or joining me today. Uh, yeah, thanks, Jeff. I'll come so, back anytime. I'd love to, love to catch up with you. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>